Waldorf kindergartens are really based on um, what home life would be like if you back in the day. Mm. Stayed home, so they bake and they garden and they everything paint and they color and they you know play and that kind of things and they're doing many things with their hands. Boys and girls do everything. So yeah. um, if it's you know stained glass, if it's copper work, if it's blacksmithing, if it's bookbinding, if it's crochet. Everyone does it. This is the Modern Domestique podcast, where each episode is dedicated to a different aspect of reviving home economics in a fun, modern, and practical way. I'm Stacy Keating, and in this episode, I'm chatting with Teresa Baker, who's the handcrafts teacher at the Shining Mountain Waldorf School here in Boulder, Colorado. If you haven't heard of Waldorf education before, it's an educational philosophy that emphasizes the role of imagination in learning, and which strives to holistically integrate the intellectual, practical, and artistic development of its students. The Waldorf curriculum also aims to cultivate manual dexterity by teaching handwork and practical arts. Things like knitting, crocheting, and sewing are taught throughout all the grades, which not only teaches a skill to the student, but also furthers cognitive development as the child grows. Teresa and I had a great chat about why teaching handcrafts is so important for a child's growth and how the Waldorf style of teaching relates to home economics. So what exactly is like the foundation of Waldorf? It's K through 12, right? It is. It's pre-K through 12. Oh, pre and um, it's based on the um, philosophy of Rudolf Steiner, who was the founder, and on his perspective his worldview perspective, it's called anthroposophy. And the kids are never taught that, and the parents aren't expected to know about that, but that lies behind everything. And it really is about um, developmental education. So what's appropriate for the younger child isn't appropriate for the older child, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So it's looking at, um, the basics would say, it's looking at these kind of seven-year cycles of development so the zero through seven, and the picture of that is really more of the pre-K and K, and then your seven to 14 is really the lower school, and then your 14 to 21 starts in the high school years. Wow. And so um, a lot of people might, um, how do I put it? They come to Waldorf Education, they come in the kindergarten, and it's beautiful, and aesthetics is a huge part of um, foundation of Waldorf education. Yeah, I'm and, looking around your yeah, classroom and, and it's so beautiful. And all the classrooms are so beautiful and um, colorful and beautiful and how important that is in our lives. Um, and they might kind of have this idea of my little one, but we're not trying to keep them little ones forever so that when they're going into the different grades and as they're getting older, the expectations are not that they're, you know, treated like a kindergartner. Yeah. And vice versa. We don't expose the younger kids to things that older kids can be exposed to. We, um, we strive for families to be media-free, you know, exclusively in the lower grades, and then some things perhaps introduced later on. But that just keeps kids from being exposed to things that are really developmentally not appropriate and not... Yeah even hard for some of us to comprehend as adults in the world. Right? It's so true, yeah. So, same for the kids. So that's a big, that's another component of it. And of course, this is the elevator.
elevator version, but there really is no elevator version. It's a very long and deep tradition. Yeah. And lots of things. But just with regard to the handwork, so when we, in first graders, first graders learn to knit, and they mm -hmm. really are old enough, developmentally able to do that. It's a rhythmic, two-handed activity, really. And so... Um, and it uses both sides of the brain. Right, of course. Yeah. You're crossing the midline. It's doing all these kinds of things that are helping them. Um, aside from part of the piece with handwork is um, how it develops the brain capacities, which is something that more modern studies have revealed, although Steiner actually referred to it back in the 1920s as well. Wow. Um, you know, not in the same way, but mm -hmm. that he recognized the, the difference. And so, um, so first and second graders knit, third graders crochet, and that's kind of, crochet also is very much a two-handed activity in my opinion. Um, but then they're using their dominant hand for the crochet hook. Mm -hmm. And first through third grade, we have fat yarn and, you know, size J, size 10, you know, <laughs> crochet hooks and knitting needles, and they're still quite um, big. Yeah. And then, you know, once they're getting to that age of around nine, then um, fourth grade, do the, they do cross stitch, and the cross stitch is then much more um, defined, much thinner um, yarn, needle, yeah. so um, much more... Um, they have much more ability to differentiate, and, and they have more of a capacity for the finer motor skills. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, they do mirror image. Um, they do a, we make it into a pencil case, but it could be made into different things. And they mirror the sides. Actually, we do four quadrants that they mirror. But that's also something that they wouldn't have been able to do as a younger child. Mm -hmm. They're able to do now. Yeah. And... Um, then in fifth grade, they do four-needle knitting, and in sixth and seventh, they do hand sewing, and in eighth grade, they do machine sewing. Wow. And we use the treadle machines here. Not every Waldorf school does, mm -hmm. but that's a nice thing because it's, you know, your feet and your hands, it's a little more whole-body activity than an electric sewing machine might be. Yeah, I yeah. have never had the experience of sewing oh. on a treadle machine. Well, it's traditional the first day you start to complain a lot about it, so... <laughs> I'd imagine your calf muscles get pretty strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's what we do up through grade eight. And, um, you know, that's the that's the curriculum, but there's, like, so much more going on as, yeah. you know, being, yeah. a, being a craftsperson. Um, aside from, like, working with color and working with... Um, um, how to make things beautiful, choosing colors that look good together. Like I might say, you know, some are friends with each other and mm. some are not so much friends with each other. And, of course, from day one, taking the work out and just getting used to the fact that we always do that. If it's yeah. not right, we take it out and redo it. It's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that there's an occasional tears, but really for all that we do, not so much. Good. But, yeah, but, you know, just trying it again and... And, and being okay with... And being okay with it. Yeah. And then there's also a whole aspect of helping each other. You know, I might show the first couple of kids, I don't know what, you know, changing colors or weaving in tails or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then the next couple of kids, they get helped by by classmates. So there's this whole social piece about it. Yeah. Um, 
and also if you think of kind of like quilting bees and that sort of thing, how crafts also often always had a social element to it. Yeah, it's so true. It's how people raised the barn and, you know, um, I don't know, like butchered the deer and all that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. You know, it was group activity and you relied on each other and you shared with each other. So there's that component of it and, you know, there's just like a lot of pieces about yeah, and I imagine too that it builds confidence in kids to oh, yeah. try something new and be able and not to yeah, be afraid absolutely. of failing or trying again. Absolutely, or. that is also a big thing because I mean I know adults who are afraid to try things yeah. new or don't know how to. You know, I had a friend say to me once, "I just I don't know how to do anything. I just watch TV at night. I really don't know how to do anything." She did later on go on to learn how to do some things, but yeah. that that could if you haven't gotten used to trying new things and doing them and failing at them or not failing at them or, you know, building your expertise, you might be afraid to do things. So I think kids here, whether they go on to um, rely on all their background of crafts or Mm -hmm. not, that they're not afraid to try, you know, something else. Yeah, and and especially I think maybe for the, you know, girls versus boys traditional home ec view of things right. like girls are in the kitchen and they're doing right. the sewing and boys are in the shop the fact that the boys and the girls at Waldorf are all doing everything right. Right. you know for a girl it might not seem so intimidated to change a tire or something exactly. and for a boy to mend his yeah. pants yeah. or right. yeah right. yeah so that's really great you know and they're all out we also I didn't mention gardening but we have gardening program and um all kinds of things also um the older kids um have um, expectation of community service and I know in our high school I don't know exactly now but when my kids went to high school here I think over the four years they logged almost 200 hours of community service Wow! and that would be going out to community food share or going I know they went to Denver and you know to a canning place and they can't all kinds of things you might not do again but you've mm-hmm. got experience with and also helping other people out is a big piece yeah, it seems like the community aspect is something that Waldorf really fosters from yeah. a young age, which is pretty, pretty unusual, I think, in schooling, where it's where it's a lot of like testing, like who got the highest grade, and right. you know, like kind of it. It seems like a lot of schools kind of pit the students almost against each other to see who can do better, rather than well, they fostering. have a different agenda. Of course, kids do that themselves anyway. That's I true. mean, I've had parents tell me that, oh, she not she's the fourth one to finish or something and I don't I don't do a thing about that but mm-hmm. in their own minds they're always self-assessing I yeah, mean it's, so it's they do human. self-assess and they have their own you know picture yeah. of that but yeah, yeah so they are always doing that but um um what was I going to say about community service oh so like when I teach first graders to knit like how, how do you teach a class of 36 year olds to knit yeah here's how um I get all the older kids to come in and help, and so I'll have, you know, eight helpers mm. from fourth through twelfth grade come in, and, you know, each with two or three, and, and we build on it, and so it yeah. actually hasn't taken that long to learn to knit, but then, you know, mm. that's how I do it. Because, yeah, that's such a great you know, idea. The big kids love to come and help the little kids, and the little kids love to have big kids, yeah. and, um, yeah, yeah. But it, it kind of fosters a sense of like, oh, I'm not going to go and hang out with those little ones, you, you know. know. Oh, and no, they love the little ones. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. <laughs> and then do. talk about a skill that can kind of be related 
on later in life, you yeah. know, like training new employees at a new company right. or, you know, all sorts yeah. of things where you can learn how to explain things to people. Because a lot of people, I don't think, yeah. know really how to do that until yeah. they're in the position. They're like, wait, you don't get this? <laughs> right, right. And then they have to learn how to break it down and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's really great. Yeah. So how so. how does sort of grading and testing happen at Waldorf? Is it Well, we don't have grades, okay. grading in the younger grades. Mm -hmm. Seventh grade and up, there's grading. And we don't have, um, you know, the public school testing expectation mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. And so um, there are spelling quizzes. There are when you look. Oh, um, you might have had a history block on the Renaissance. There'll be a test, mm -hmm. but it isn't the kind of testing that's happening in the public schools. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the little ones. I mean, they don't do first and second grade, I don't think there's any kind of spelling tests or mm -hmm. anything like that. Maybe starting in third grade where they have weekly words and mm -hmm. things like that. So no, the testing aspect isn't the big aspect. Yeah, I mean, teachers can see where kids are at that makes sense. without that. Yeah, because yeah. there's usually, you said around 30 students per class? There can be 30, you know, 26 to 30 kids. Mm -hmm. But there is, you know, often a chart, and when you've learned your two tables, you've got, a, you know, a dot or a star for that, you know, and when you've yeah. learned your three tables, depending on the teacher, how different teachers do it. But yeah, yeah they are being assessed. Mm -hmm. and um, But maybe more on an individual Basis well, definitely than... on an individual basis, but also um, it isn't all out there like, you know, yeah. here's all the kids who got A's on their spelling. It isn't done like that. Yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. Well, because Waldorf is accredited, so you'd have to kind of show that you're oh, testing yeah. and, right. and we teaching do. and yeah. all that no. stuff. We do have to do that through um, accreditation, and we're accredited with the National Waldorf Movement and also with... Uh, Association of Colorado Independent Schools and the National Association of Independent Schools. Yes, but that doesn't mean that we have to show the same kind of assessment as mm -hmm. another kind of s school would show. Yeah, that makes so sense. So that we, sh you know, that we walk our talk, that we can show what assessment we do and at what ages and mm -hmm. all that kind of thing and that we're doing it, but that it doesn't have to be the same as a public school yeah. assessment or other private schools. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Do most so. kids that come to Waldorf start pre-K or K and then go all the way through, or is there like a ratio? No, there might be a ratio. Mm -hmm. I mean, when my kids were here, they were pre-K through 12th grade, and they had a really, you know, back then it was much more likely that a core group of them went through the high school. Yeah. I mean, even so much as you'd be in the graduating class with 20 or 22 kids you were in kindergarten with. Yeah. It's not the same anymore. Mm. Boulder is much more transient than it used to be. Mm. And, um, the, you know, there just was a time period where people weren't moving as much as they are now. Yeah. So I can't answer that for now. Yeah. But I know with my own kids it was a really strong mm -hmm. core kids that went through together. Mm-hmm. But um, nowadays, all kinds of circumstances. And, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and people might move here later from another Waldorf school because they want a Waldorf High School and their school doesn't have one. Oh. Or for whatever reasons, people people move more. Yeah, it's I true think. that this area, I think, and this particular has area, <laughs> yeah, Boulder, <laughs> a lot of new people coming in at all times. All yeah, the time. yeah, that's yeah. for sure. So, 
I'd so. imagine more people coming in than leaving. <laughs> well, yeah, now what's curse is that's Yeah, crazy. there you go. <laughs> seems like it yeah it? it sure does yeah so. um so what are some like favorite projects of the kids are there some projects that stand oh. out that like most kids are like i loved this one well everybody loves something yeah i mean when they're in first grade they love everything they're doing so yeah. they love their flute case as much as they love their animal as mm -hmm. much as their scarf in a way mm -hmm. so um but since i've been here and I have a certain repertoire, not that I can't change it, but it works. Um, kids look forward to, like they had a sibling who made a granny square, so they really look forward to granny squares, or like there's photos up there on that poster of different projects and things, and the kids are always looking at that and going, oh, I'm gonna do this. Um, they love the dolls, seventh graders make dolls, and mm. third graders are, will see, you know, when they come in here and they see the basket of dolls, yeah. they'll they'll start to say, oh, I know what kind of doll I'm making, you know, <laughs> Even though it's, so years it's away, four it's... years away, right? <laughs> so in that sense, I mean, everything's pretty popular when you're doing it. Yeah. I mean, I often have um, huge enthusiasm for knitting, um, after they knit mittens, they knit stockings if, oh, cool. if they celebrate Christmas which most people do um, and I there's just like huge I mean, just huge enthusiasm for that yeah and you know yeah it's just and then they become older than that and they have enthusiasm for other things for so else, yeah. so yeah I had someone visit another teacher in a different school came and visit and she said you know what are the successful projects I'm like well they're all successful <laughs> Uh, I probably weeded out the unsuccessful yeah. ones years ago, right? But it's just a matter of, you know, anything you make that's beautiful and you... And you can you, have pride in. And, yeah, and, so yeah. whether that's washcloths, I mean, we do a lot of practical projects, washcloths, or whether it's a little crocheted mat, or whether it's mm. whatever, you know, they, um, they can all be successful. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah. very cool. But, you know, even, like I say, they look at what the big kids are doing, and, that, and that's always yeah. interesting and looked forward to. Yeah, so, that, that definitely makes sense, looking yeah. up to, you know, like the older kids in the school and how cool they are, and someday you'll be cool, like, and at their age, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. And you'll make pajama pants. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but even, like, the second graders make a 200-stitch scarf. Wow. And, uh, I mean, you know, they look forward to it. Other kids are like, oh, I remember when I made that, and yeah. I did this, and, you know, they all, at lunchtime, different age kids will come in here if they want to, and so there's a lot across, you know. That's very cool, and then, the, yeah, the community sort of helpfulness, too, like if yeah. one of the younger ones has a question or forgot right, a stitch right. or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. So how long have you been working here? Mm, long time. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing back in 1988, Stacy? <laughs> oh, I was in third grade. I know, I was in grade school for sure, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was teaching here. <laughs> well, my mom was my third grade teacher, oh, so yeah. Sweet. Nice. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I can definitely understand that. That's very cool. How did yeah. you get involved in the Waldorf movement? Well, um, before. I was married, and my sister had a baby. Um, I don't know. We just 
through Mothering Magazine, we saw articles and different things, and we were interested in Waldorf education. And her daughter was older, and she came to kindergarten here. And um, during that year she was in kindergarten, they had a little ad in the parent notes, which the parent notes used to be the front and back of a piece of paper. Now it's like 14 pages long, right? <laughs> Oh, wow. You know, but and it had, you know, we need someone who can knit and crochet. My sister was like, oh, this is for you. Um, little did I know, I had this vision like, oh, I would just sit with kids and make projects and stuff. I didn't know at the time that actually crowd control was your <laughs> most important <laughs> talent when you're a teacher. And then later. Yeah, I suppose especially after the young you ones. have, no. No, everybody. even the, wow. Oh, my God. Are you <laughs> everybody. Crowd control is really important. And then once you have that expectation then there's more of I could actually I mean I make projects all the time not necessarily while I'm teaching third grade but right. you know yeah and kids see that and what have you but yeah hmm. yeah so it was just one of those destiny things yeah destiny wow very cool did you have a background in sort of teaching kids how to knit um, and crochet before you started here mm -hmm. or I had, um, like all kinds of granny skills, you know, of knitting, crochet, and sewing, and a love of that, mm -hmm. that I always had since I was a little kid, and always did things, but I had the fleeting thought once in high school, like, oh, I should be a teacher, and then I thought, oh, man, that's way too hard, you know, so, <laughs> no. And yet here you are. <laughs> and here I am, so sometimes you have these little whispers and you mm -hmm. don't know what they are but anyway so no I was a classical antiquities major and oh, wow if I knew then what I know now would I have been in the education department I don't know yeah I like classics too so <laughs> um and that when I came here you know when I walked into classrooms and there's fifth graders studying ancient Greece and sixth graders studying ancient Rome I was like wow I feel at home here yeah you know? so Bit of cross-referencing. Cross yeah, yeah, but no, I did not. I, I, uh, I did the, um, what do you call it? Like the School of Hard Knocks Education <laughs> Department. <laughs> did you but, have like a mentor or anything here that oh, yeah, helped you? Yeah, Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not here. The school was very young when I started here. I had two mentors in the early years who came to the school who were handwork teachers with 25 and 28, you know, years mm -hmm. of experience who came here and helped me. So that was one thing. And then over time, I also did lots of Waldorf training myself so yeah. that I am considered a Waldorf trained teacher now. And back then, Waldorf education or um, training centers didn't have subject teacher trainings. Oh, now they do. Now you can go for a handwork or mm -hmm. a Spanish teacher or a high school teacher specific program. But mm -hmm. back then, um, they didn't have that yet. Yeah. Yeah, but wow. now they do. So, but by the time that came into existence, I was, um, I won't say too late for me, but I was already. <laughs> kind of established. And it and was, yeah, and it was led by the people who had mentored me. So I, I got in there on the ground floor. So, yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, it is really cool. 
So Waldorf is a worldwide school it is. now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it started it's in actually, Germany. Yeah, it's actually the largest private school system in the world. Wow. But not as well known in the United States. Hugely, yeah. hugely known in other countries. Yeah, and then yeah. throughout the curriculum, students study other languages and uh -huh, everything too. Uh -huh. Yeah, they usually study two different languages, world languages, and depending on the school, it depends. Depending on, on the school, right? Yeah. If they're already, if their native language is Spanish, they're not going to. We do Spanish and German, but other schools do, you know, English and. Chinese or whatever yeah. they do, whatever they do, yeah. you know, so they look at what's applicable for them. But yeah, there's a huge um, variety of things that Waldorf education exposes kids to that the public realm no longer does the funding for. We have a huge music program. Wow. They, I mean, they start playing flutes in first grade and they move up and then in third grade they get a string instrument. Wow. and fifth grade they might get a wind instrument and you know so yeah that's yeah cool. and then we have a big movement curriculum as well and yeah we have all things that um unfortunately aren't in all schools anymore yeah you know well, like home so economics we, is gone like, yeah. and, and to the topic of home economics <laughs> exactly right <laughs> right so, yeah. i mean i do even before i met you people would say what do you do and to say i'm a handwork teacher in a Waldorf school that has no meaning for yeah. a lot of people. I'd, you know, so I might say to someone, oh, I'm a teacher, I teach home ec, or, you know, I might say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to, to make it like, more. Like, give them some accessibility to what I do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but when I think about it, I don't know, when I took home ec back in junior high and Casey, now middle school, <laughs> they had these huge, as I remember it, huge room with all these different kitchen stations. And so you'd have a group of four or five kids, and I, I, you know, I don't know what they have now. But there were, I think, like eight different kitchen stations. Wow, and, you each know, with their own, like, oven, oven and, and, and every sink and the whole gig, yeah. right? And they had a huge, I took wood shop, they had a huge wood shop, like two different rooms and, you know, lathes and all that kind of stuff. When I was in junior high, I don't know if they had those things any longer yeah, or not. Um, you know, so... I've been told at Boulder High, maybe it's not true, you know, when I went there, there was an art department and mm -hmm. an art building, and people took photography and wood shop and painting and ceramics and all kinds of things. Yeah. And I was told at one point that they were down to three different offerings at Boulder High. Wow. Um, I don't know if that's still true or yeah, I mean, whatever, I, but, you know. I wouldn't doubt it, yeah. Yeah, so it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. <laughs> it's unfortunate the kids don't get that kind of exposure. It's you know? true, Because, yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, we had singing and, you know, yeah, and even not as many offerings as here. But, you know, here, it re is really, you know, all of these subject classes, choir and gardening and handwork and strings and practical arts. I mean, they're important to us. They're as important as a math or a language arts class. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, yeah, and it makes sense, especially when you put it in the context of building confidence and, mm -hmm. you know, letting students kind of try so many different things out so that way, as they get older, they can be like, okay, I, I, I know how to sew, but it's not necessarily my career choice uh -huh. or, you know, whatever. So that way maybe it helps, I don't know, making decisions as to what you want to do later in life. 
Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or what you have capacity. It's building capacities. Mm -hmm. It's basically yeah. the deal. Yeah. So, and how you use those things later, mm -hmm. you know, lots of people use. I mean, I have lots of people who come back and, you know, thought of me when they bought their 26-year-old son a sewing machine for his birthday, and he always says costumes for him and his wife for Halloween. You know, I mean, like all kinds of stuff <laughs> like that happens, so cool, you know. Yeah. I just, I recently had someone who, I think it, he's about 20 now, who came back because he and his friend are hand-sewing leather satchels, and they wanted me to look at it and, and give them constructive criticism, you know. And I never would have thought, he's going to be the kid who, yeah. you know, takes up a hand Not that he's taking it up as a career. He's going to college. But, you know, mm -hmm. that he's doing something. Like he had an idea, and he yeah. could make that idea happen. And, yeah. And for now, that's great. Yeah, that's so cool. You know, so... Um, you just don't know. Yeah, it's true. It's where true. they're going to take one thing or another, mm -hmm. and what things will come back to them, you know, to try again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like sort of that flicker of like, oh, yeah. there was that once that I had the flicker of like, you know, yeah, and <laughs> you know, so maybe later I'll, I'll knit for a baby or I'll whatever, yeah. I you know. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. very cool. So, do you have any field trips that are related to areas that you're teaching in? Um, often in third grade, they will see, they'll go to a farm and have, and see a sheep be sheared, and then they take the fleece, and from fleece to yarn, so they'll wash it, cart it, wow. dye it, spin it, and do something with the spun yarn. Wow, That's very pretty, cool. Is it hand spinning, like on a drop spindle? Yeah, yeah. Cool. And then they, there might be someone who would demonstrate what regular spinning wheel is like or what have you but yeah mm -hmm. in third grade because they study um, um, they study the Old Testament and connected to that is all about um, self-sufficiency and so mm -hmm. they garden in third grade they have a huge practical arts um, blocks mm -hmm. in third grade mm -hmm. and then later six seven and eight we do practical arts and with mixed ages, and then the kids are the combined classes of different ages yeah. in the middle school. So, but that's a big component in third grade. That's very cool. Yes, and cooking and canning and maybe drying and preserving mm -hmm. and all kinds. Yeah, all kinds yeah, all things, things that are kind of going through a big revival right now too, right, which is right. kind yeah. of cool to have that like under your belt when you're so little. <laughs> I know where you wouldn't. I know, right? Like, yeah, where you wouldn't think about it really you yeah. know, as you get older, you know, like, like oh, what? Right. Of course I I know how to make my butter. Food. <laughs> yeah, I know. Of course I ferment my food. <laughs> yes, we have classes in that. Um, yeah. yeah, right? So, like, oh, sure, I know how to make butter, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've made bread before, or I've, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, dried my yeah. herbs that I grew in my You garden. know, all that kind of thing. And we had uh, an alumni parent bring... Um, not a beehive because you can't do that. But he brought, uh, what do you call the frames with the beeswax, yeah, and you know comb. he talked the, yeah. the with the honeycomb. Yes, everybody got some honeycomb. Cool. And you know he showed and talked about it with the third graders, mm -hmm. and then we also often dip candles and at Advent time, and so it's it's good for them to know where that you don't just buy milk at a store that you know mm -hmm. actually 
many of them go on farm trips in third grade and they milk and gather eggs and all those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and see where the food is coming from and right. makes that connection of yeah. um, sort of the circle, I guess, yeah. how everything kind of flows in life. And right, right. So that, yeah, they know where the yarn comes from that we so readily grab off the shelf. Yeah. But they know. Yeah. They've done it. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. That's very yeah. cool. So. so if, what would one thing be, or more, mm -hmm. if you want, but that, um, you would sort of give as advice for someone who's older that didn't have the Waldorf education but mm -hmm. is interested in, um, you know, learning any aspect of handcrafts. Like, what would be, like, a bit of advice that you'd give to them or encouragement? Well, just do it. I mean, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just, like, if, if cause, yeah. you know, I mean, First my... graders can knit, so can you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> if... If eight-year-olds can crochet, I bet you can do it, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, for one, kind of just try it. And I think people, I don't, do you have this experience? I have this experience as an adult. Some people are knitters and some are crocheters, mm -hmm. right? Sure. There's like two different streams. Yeah, you know? and some people do both. But... I teach both, but I, I'm in the knitting stream, mm -hmm. and my daughter's in the crochet stream. Yeah. You know, like if I'm going to pick up something... I would pick knitting. Mm -hmm. She would pick crochet. Yeah, I think you know? my mom would definitely pick like cross stitching, and uh -huh. I would not at all. You know, yeah, <laughs> I do that sometimes too. But yeah, so there are different things that will attract people. Yeah. But that, yeah, you can. I mean, gosh, I can think of so many. I don't know, maybe blogs I saw or something of people who no, twenty years ago they didn't know how to do that, mm -hmm. and I mean I was looking at this really fun crochet blog the other day and this person like learned to crochet six years ago and yeah. she's just like you know it just was like exploded into mm -hmm. her life and she does incredible things and she has a blog about it and yeah 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 I can definitely so, relate you know, to that yeah because I first learned how to knit and then when I was getting married I was like I want to crochet little flowers for my bouquet you know <laughs> so I just kind of did it I just right. kind of learned and right. you know yeah I made mistakes but right. um you know, I, I, I don't know, I, I taught myself how to do it because I wanted to. Right, and, yeah. right. So, I don't know what my advice would be. I mean, these days, you know, you could do that in a kitchen, you could do it in a, there's all kinds of places where you can, I mean, you don't have to be like a, our family or me in our family who mm -hmm. makes chai concentrate every week and makes keeper <laughs> every week and from biodynamic raw milk yeah, and you don't yeah. have to do it like that yeah <laughs> who just you know makes kombucha my own kombucha you know mm -hmm. they don't have to do that it mm -hmm. gets to be cumbersome sometimes yeah but there might be something you yeah. know so you make your own I don't know what but yeah yeah, yeah. and maybe try and find a community in your area that right. that would sort of help you learn or, or encourage oh, yeah. you. I mean, in this area, there's tons, yeah. tons of them. Yeah, know. for sure. But, uh, I mean, I actually kind of intentionally don't take up new things because I don't have another closet to fill <laughs> with all the supplies once I got into it. So yeah. I have intentionally, like, I can weave a basket I intentionally am like, I'm not taking up basketry. Mm -hmm. I don't have another closet to fill with yeah. basketry stuff and another Pinterest board and more time to post things on my Pinterest board about baskets. <laughs> I'm just sticking with what I have right now. Yeah, that 
makes sense. Yeah. So. Cool. So is your Pinterest board open to the public? Is it I private? have a few Pinterest boards open to the public, but mostly private because yeah. like, I'm a private kind of person. That but I have a couple that I have opened up. And, you know, now there's Etsy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you don't actually have to make everything yourself. It's true, You yeah. can support someone else who's enjoying making it. So... I have lots of things, lots of things I've made, but kids will be like, did you make this? And I'll be like, oh, no, my friend made that. <laughs> Meaning my friend on Etsy yeah. from Yugoslavia. <laughs> oh, my friend on Etsy from Washington. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, you know, Etsy's the best. You can get, support you don't have to make artisans. every, yeah, you can support small artisans. And then you don't have to do it all yourself. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a really good point. Because sometimes it can feel overwhelming. Like, once you kind of start down the path of DIY, <laughs> <laughs> it can be like, well, if I can do it, I should do it. You know, but so, it's, yeah. yeah. So I say that people will be like, oh, did you knit that? I'll be like, well, I could if I wanted to, but I didn't have to because yeah. someone on Etsy did it for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so. I appreciate the time that they put into absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I can tell what. What yeah, something is worth. For sure, yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much. I think that's all the questions I have. Cool. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what it turns out like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Modern Domestique podcast. And a big thanks to Teresa for the conversation today. Head on over to the Modern Domestique website for links and more information about the episode today. If you like the podcast, make sure to tell a friend and subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And please make sure to leave a rating or a review so that other people can find this podcast too. As always, I'd love to hear about your takeaways from today's episode, so please make sure to stay in touch on the website, Facebook, or Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in, and have a very modern domestique day.